0: Last night, the Northfield City Council met for a work session in Council Chambers. Joining us now to talk about that is Northfield City Administrator Ben Martin. Good, mo- good morning, Ben. Good morning, Jeff. Happy Valentine's Day. Good. Yeah, thank to, you. Uh, I
1: know you're commenting on my pink pants.
0: Today. I, <laughs> those are lovely. <laughs> I
1: like those, man. You
0: just bring the whole spirit of the uh, holiday... Right down to City Hall. Right, and it's felt like spring, but it sounds like we got snow coming tonight. So yeah, we'll quite a see. bit, actually. Last night, the council met. He had uh, just three items on the agenda, so let's go through those. First of all, uh, there has been a uh, talk about uh, Riverside Lions Park. And it's read. It was part of the uh, riverfront enhancement type thing uh, that uh, the city has been working on. What was it discussed last night?
1: Yeah, so uh, our riverfront action plan continues to get implemented. Again, the council, um, and they set the str- three-year, four-year strategic plan one of the priorities was how do we activate the river as a community asset, but also as kind of an economic development opportunity to draw people here. So more attention to planning and incremental opportunities for improvement. And so one of the, uh, one of the things that we're going through now is master planning to approve the riverfront parks. And so we've worked through bridge square. um, We're taking a look at uh, currently at Ames park and then last night riverside park. So uh, Bruce Jacobson uh, gave a presentation and uh, Charlie Fredericks, our, um, a public works um director or not director excuse me public works uh manager came in and gave an update. He helps lead the park planning as well and uh they 've been doing some updates and engagement uh doing some planning and really they brought together a work group that included. Members of actual stakeholders, because as Bruce talked about it last night, he said the Riverside uh, Park system is kind of like uh, different rooms that are in there. So we had the Lions Club that they've got uh, a pavilion and some park amenities. The Garden Club has some activities uh, with their pollinator garden area. The Veterans Memorial, certainly we had volunteers on that. just a a great honoring a memorial that we have to veterans. The defeat committee uses that space actively uh, in different parts of the park and village on the cannon. We invited the neighborhood and community broadly on some informational meetings as those were developed, but, Really, I think it was really engaging, and as Bruce said, you know, had he designed this in, in a room by himself, it would have been a different product, but in, involving all those stakeholders informed it. We brought that through to the parks board and then to the council last night, so there's been great participation. Um and have been doing some updates to that uh, uh, in open houses that they 've had so the I think the focus of the area I would say overall uh, is what's being recommended that would be going back uh, to the parks board and to this working group one last time uh, and back to the council, hopefully in about a month for adoption is uh, i would say enhancements to what we have in those areas already, so you know, some of the facilities we have are, are aging quite a bit and in need of attention. So, the pavilion and restrooms at the Riverside Lions Park with the Lions Park, uh, we've been working with the Lions Club. So, we looked at some different alternatives of what e- either a modified pavilion or a new one what might that look like um what's the cost estimates that will be coming next the bathrooms are you know how do we make them now accessible because they aren't meeting current accessibility standards and obviously people visiting the memorial are using that that park we want to have good accessible bathrooms um there's some playground equipment that some of it's uh, newer that the lions club has donated but we also have some older equipment in there um So there's those are some areas of identification Um, over on the pickleball court area and the open field kind of that we have. uh, That area is um, used by defeat days, but is also active for kind of activities. So leaving that space so that can be flexible for event planning. Maybe have some enhanced opportunities to have some shade there. Maybe some benches um, that could be included. As you kind of keep moving down to the um, playground and the. Pollinator Park that the the Gardens Club helps work on, um, certainly uh, they're continuing to, they've done just beautiful work down there and taking care in plantings and in, in doing landscaping. That playground's getting in need of replacements actually in our capital plan to do a replacement. The suggestion there was to not duplicate what's over at the Lions Club Park, but instead, how might it kind of complement the area of the parks? And so they're saying that would be a great area to do more of a nature-themed kind of a park. So he had images of, you know, kind of logs that are there that kids can maybe play with, and maybe even some of the equipment that you climb on has kind of that natural feel That also maybe is a little bit of a helps with the destination idea that people visiting our community might be using that park because Central Park and that park is probably the closest ones we have for kids to be able to burn off some energy. Maybe if the parents are in town visiting uh, Northfield as well. Um, And then I would say uh, also along the river, how can we continue to look at... um, uh, you know, managing the the river uh, from plantings to make sure, and, and also maintaining views. It's a great walking opportunity. We're still trying to get a kind of long-term, a loop system of a trail where people might be able to look in a full circle. So those are some of the enhancements. I think for the most part, the um, kind of going all the way back in the other direction for the memorial, um, certainly the memorial uh, is is. Quite developed already. And so it's kind of like, how do we keep that proper distance? There might be opportunities for some improved sidewalk connections for people for accessibility over time. And also, we have a lot of things going on like bike trails. We have the state trail that's going to be going through that area, the Milltowns Trail that will eventually kept, connect all the way from Mankato to Red Wing. And we're going to be right in the middle of that. Uh, so, how do we connect that in and think about where we have directional signage for people to go downtown? Uh, Also, we have major corridors of a bike corridor that's planned on A Street that's getting enhanced this upcoming year that will connect all of those, the parks and the the trails and the regional Cannon River Trail as well. So quite a bit of a mouthful there, Jeff, and I should probably give (laughs) you more of a break to ask questions, but I guess... um, Really, I guess they kind of went through there and talked about um, some of those uh, priorities and projects
0: as as moving to a master plan. Now, included with the uh, agenda, with the agenda kit that you had last night, um, the packet... There are so, there is some artist renderings uh, for the uh, riverside park Riverside Lions Park area. Uh, are these just ideas right now where are we at I, we haven 't really formulated completely from from what you 've said what this is going to look like uh, where where what 's the next step
1: yeah, so the um, renderings were probably taken from other examples, and so usually when you 're doing master planning you 're more about like what are the different components of the parks that you want to do over time but it might call out ideas within the master plan. So you might have some visuals of this is maybe the type of playground equipment that might be here, or this might be what the pavilion looks like. The master plan doesn't get into the very specifics, though, Mm -hmm. and actually design and, you know, create the actual equipment. But what it does is it will create a plan so that as the city has opportunities to incrementally make improvements, like an example, one of the questions was, hey, we're doing the street project on 8th Street, and the Milltown Strail project's going to be happening in this current year. Could we add in some of those kiosk, you know, directional signage as part of that project and do it incrementally? Well, if you have no plan, it's, it's more difficult, and to get all the stakeholders together to agree can be difficult in the community. By having a plan, you can do incremental opportunities as you go along, but the fine-tuned details, you kind of get worked out as you do that. So that, um, so I would say as the master plan is adopted, it will refine what could be in the master plan or maybe what should be a little bit Um but it won't go so far as to be very specific on here's the actual number of bathroom stalls, here's, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It might make suggestions around that, but that gets a little bit massaged when you actually do a project. And again, we won't be able to afford all of these things at once, so again, it'll be an incremental approach. But having a plan helps everybody, that even if the stakeholder groups want to do some private fundraising or tr- try and work with the city to get some things accomplished, but having an agreed-upon plan really helps us work together in that direction.
0: All right. So as far as the uh, timetable for this, it's just going to be kind of as... As needed as it comes by, uh, so we 're not going to do, a couple of years from now tear the whole part of, park apart and rebuild it, are we
1: oh absolutely not it'll okay. be, again it 'll be fine tuning things, so I would say s- some timelines is we 're again over the February here and march we 'll be going back for some what the what the groups heard from the council fine tuning and updating some cost estimates, and then tentatively at the march twelfth meeting we 'd be adopting the final master plan. Practically, there are some things that are in the mix. Um, So in, I believe it's uh, 2025, let me look here, 2026, uh, 2026, excuse me, the Riverside Lions Park is scheduled for replacement. And that would be the one that would be that nature play-based one down by the pollinator gardens is what Mm -hmm. was planned. Council had some discussion last night, and I think there was general consensus, although there were some opinions that maybe the pavilion and that playground should get updated first they thought that that one definitely was a need and got heavy use so that's a practical one i would say jeff that we're going to be moving into planning time goes by quick it's a couple of years out but we'll be there soon enough and we'll be talking budget again this upcoming year so get it more serious then so that's probably one of the main ones we'll be looking at the other thing is we are exploring some potential grants and so if there's ways we can get some you know state federal grant money maybe we can accelerate some of these improvements
0: there's typically
1: some cost share but that'd be a future discussion
0: City Administrator Ben Martig is uh, with us. Uh, One of the big uh, the big headline thing from last night's agenda was uh, the uh, second item, which is uh, reviewing the water treatment plant renderings. Uh, Tell us about this.
1: Yeah, so just a little bit of a context where you know this is a project of the treatment planning has brought, of the of our water treatment uh, drinking water is what we're talking about, uh, not sanitary sewer, has been in the plans for the city for about two decades. Um, I would say that they've been looking at this and it's been moving up in our capital plan most recently. Uh, we did identify, uh, so we've been planning for this a long time. The city's acquired property, gone through a study to determine, um, what plant needs there are. It was decided, uh, what type of treatment plant was needed and a location was selected by in the past. And that property is now owned by the city, uh, by our, uh, water tower out on Hall Avenue or, um, yeah, Hall Avenue, the, um. And one of the, again, why on some of these things, too, the need for it, we, the city does have elevated uh, levels of manganese in the drinking water, which is above the Minnesota Department of Health, health-based standards. Um that standard does not mandate the city to deal with it however infants under one years old should not drink the city water without additional treatment to lower manganese and also there's cautions with uh, uh, women who are expecting uh, also to have caution related to those uh, drinking water with those manganese levels um, again all water standards that we have at our plant do technically meet the federal primary drinking standards but there are health negative health impacts if you do drink it so we really want safe healthy drinking water for all and in this particular case it's been determined we can do this collectively more efficiently and make sure everybody has safe drinking water by having it done through a a organized and planned system versus individual system so that's decided the council had already authorized plans and specifications and we're actually planning to complete those this year and to go out for bid but um, we do also have very hard water um, which is more of a uh, you know can impact our daily lives with washing clothes, and businesses uh, sometimes benefit uh, from having more softened water um, this this The system that we looked at would include a filtration or reverse osmosis system which would lower the manganese levels beyond the health standards, but it also provides soft water, so in many cases residents, if they wanted to could probably remove or drastically reduce the need for softening within their own home um, we'd expect to see a break even or cost savings by the city doing that uh, softening versus individually and then also the other benefit that has when we looked at the cost effectiveness is things like forever chemicals that we read about in the in the potentially affecting water supply in Minnesota there hasn't been any identified here locally but it's in a lot of our um, pans and different products that we have that um that they can have these elevated uh, levels of that. This new plant will allow that to be removed through the system as well. So there's a lot of health benefits to to looking at this. So that's a lot of context, Jeff. I guess leading into why we're just why we're talking about design and site mm-hmm. development last night. We weren't focused a lot on that, but I think it's always important to really ground ourselves on why we're doing this. But on the water treatment plant, there's a couple of things on that location. We know, one, this is a residential area and a growth area for the city. So we've heard from the residents in the area, what will it look like? We want it to look nice and fit in with our neighborhood that we purchased property in. And then across the road by the water tower, um, that's also a growth area for the city. So when we purchased the property, the landowner had a requirement that, that a road had to be built in conjunction with the project. There's interest to eventually develop that. That is in our growth area with the city that we have a partnership with Northfield Township that identifies residential growth there. And we continue to see road improvement. So that's a likely area to help fill some of our housing needs in our community to see growth. So we spent a lot of time looking at the visuals and the landscaping plan that the council got a presentation on last night. It includes boulevard trees, um, we incorporate native plantings, so it 's a little larger site, and you do that for a couple of reasons one is we 've got a couple wells that 'll be on the site. We have um, growth expansion capabilities on the site, um, security purposes, obviously on drinking water, we want to make sure it 's secure, but we don 't want it to feel like you know like a prison type of a set- setup mm-hmm. so we have set back it 's set back from the road quite a bit. So they showed how those native plantings could look. It's good for the environment. Be friendly, meets our sustainability goals. The buildings that itself will meet sustainable design standards, so it'll be highly efficient um, because of the city's adopted policy on our new buildings. Um, we had some great renderings that I think were done to, to show what it might look like when the trees are very small and then what they'll look like as they grow 10, 15 years. We have some concepts of what they look like with that. So um, really kind of talked about the construction and um, design and took a look at some good renderings uh, that we have out there uh, related to that building material concepts were there and really wanting to make sure it's compatible not only to our current neighborhood but being able to grow
0: into that in the future. Do we have multiple water treatment facilities now it seems like I've seen a few different places like what is that building for? Yeah, what?
1: yeah we have one um, one location now. Uh, we won't need that location uh, specifically for that purpose. So we have limited treatment currently on our water, but really... Communities our size have either completely gone to a treatment facility like this or are probably in the works to do that. There might be some very rare exceptions um, in the southeast part of the state where they might not have the need as much, but probably eventually if you're looking at a town 20,000-plus like Northfield, this is the standard with it. So we do have another location. Um, For the most part, we won't need that building location, but we'll have more discussions about do we retain some of that site. We might need some of that for that property. We're also building out some of the pipes to the plant with some of the projects that we have going on in the construction area. But this will be our primary location. It's also nice that it's also co-located with a water tower. That's pretty common in communities where they might do that. They don't necessarily have to be physically, obviously, by that. We don't do that now. But there's some added benefit to
0: just tie the two together uh, for the planning purposes. Now, there had been some discussion, if my memory serves, about a a new water tower at some point in the future out in uh, on the north side of town and some of that development is that still going on i mean i, I my memory's a little hazy on that but maybe you know a little more
1: yeah and i would say um the northwest part we did acquire property out by north of the hospital uh, so we own that site and that is in our five-year capital plan to to add a new water tower that's a little bit probably demand driven so we're kind of at the area where the hospital and the assisted living facility out there and some of the other uh, developments would benefit from a looped water system if we were to expand with that um, water tower. But there's also quite a bit more capacity that would be added, so there's a little bit of a balance of preparing kind of for the increased demand and then also the benefits of developing that now. So the, currently it's in our five-year capital plan to add that that water tower site. The current water um, system we have is we do have – quite a bit of capacity in the community related to our wells so both on our comprehensive planning on our estimated population growth and our our interest to attract new business or grow our existing businesses um we have a good water supply it's one of our assets that we have as a um to be able to recruit business and be able to grow as a community and uh so that's been positive um from that standpoint, but the so we are building some capacity into the treatment plant itself, but for the most part, we already that's not really driving the need for a new plant. We already
0: mm-hmm. have uh, capacity. There. Th- that new plant, though, <clears throat> that would service both of those towers. Is that how does that work? I mean, would, uh, would all the water that we get uh, be treated, or the north side, not so much?
1: Oh, yeah, it will all of the water that's treated in the city will be going through our plant, and then those are kind of the storage facilities on how it's mm-hmm. distributed out. You want to go any deeper than that, though? I think we ought to have <laughs> Justin uh, Wagner come in uh, or our Andrew, our water manager, to talk about that. And I'm sure they would be happy to go deep dive with you, Jeff, yeah. on that topic. <laughs> yeah. encourage yeah, you to yeah. bring him in for that.
0: I would like to have them in. I I, I um, I'm not an expert on that. I'd like to know a little bit more. Once again, Ben Marting is uh, with us. We're talking about last night's city council meeting. Anything else? Uh, uh, I guess what is up next for the water treatment facility? Uh, anything in the uh, upcoming future, immediate future?
1: Yeah, so um, schedule-wise, uh, we got the feedback tonight that I think we'll find is helpful. The um, We'll be coming back hopefully in March to talk more about our cost estimates. We, the council had a few questions last night about loans and seeking federal money, so we'll be coming back then we're scheduled to come back for the actual final designs in April, early May, uh, and then potentially authorization for bidding in early June. So we, you know, again, the decisions on moving forward are, are, are completed and the, the council's already given direction to the type of plant we're designing it and we're going to be heading into bidding. Um, if that all goes well and is planned, the construction period would be um, starting this year and probably going through 2026 before we open because it's a pretty major
0: uh, project. Uh, once again, Ben Martin is with us and I've closed off my agenda. <laughs> Unfortunately, what was, you had one final item. What was that?
1: Yeah. So the, uh, last item was our housing and redevelopment authority. We had a policy that was reviewed, uh, related to land, uh, disposition. So buying and selling land is part of what our housing and redevelopment authority does They're, you know, they're a board of the city. So the housing or development authority is the city of Northfield. It's kind of a component unit of the city. So they do have some independent powers as an entity, two primary purposes of the HRA under state law that uh, the council has uh, accepted that state law authorization to use a housing and redevelopment authority and blessed this group to exist. And then they fund them on an annual basis. And then the HRA housing redevelopment authorities can do just what the name is. They do housing. So we focus on, you know, housing stability, affordability of housing, workforce housing, Uh, help to be a facilitator for development of housing in the community in areas in particular that the market might not naturally meet where you might need some subsidies, state programs, city tools to try and get more affordable housing projects that might not otherwise be built. Um, And then also redevelopment opportunities that could be redevelopment for the purpose of housing, but it could also be commercial. It's not the focus area currently. We currently kind of segregate the Economic Development Authority, kind of focuses on that business development and the housing is on the Housing Redevelopment Authority. Um, But with that, they have a lot of policies and is the council of a funder and with this group being the main driver of our housing need, and it's a primary strategic priority area of the city, it's important that there's alignment with the city and the housing redevelopment authority. And so they did review this policy as it relates to kind of giving bookends uh, of a policy for um, the board and commission on how they might approach acquiring and selling property and determining who to work with, what types of housing which should we be doing and um not required to do it but probably a good practice i think they said they're looking at like a dozen or so policies to be looking at adopting with the board board members come and go staff come and go so by having some policies it's helpful to have that as a reference on kind of how we do business so this one talks about things like you know if if uh why would properly be acquired so it might be common sense is it in a comprehensive plan do we have goals of the city does it meet zoning requirements um what might be the goals related to housing needs? Is it affordability, that kind of a thing? And then, if a property is acquired, um, how quickly is there an actual plan that comes together? Should you be evaluating a development concept with it in a certain time period, and then once you decide what to do, how do you find partners? Uh, we've worked with nonprofit developers like Habitat for Humanity or Three Rivers, or um, the Community Action Centers done some housing development recently, or private developers. How How do we determine how to partner with them? So there's an option where you could go out for proposals. There's an option where you could do some direct negotiation based on a specific project. So um, basically talking about those policies. And um, I think the other conversation that came out of it was how do we make sure that there's good touch points between the Housing and Redevelopment Authority that does operate pretty independently from a budget and operational standpoint but the council helps give them some strategic direction on housing needs. So that was part of the conversation as well. Things like this about reviewing policies, I think are part of that about how we can find opportunities to talk together, talk about the policies and how they might interrelate to those goals. So maybe a little bit more on the technical and administrative side on that one, but it's important
0: work that, that I got, I think got a, good discussion last night. Ben, is there anything else you'd like to bring up while we have you here?
1: I don't think so. We, right. uh, you know, next week we are uh, closed Monday for the holiday and then uh, we'll be back at it for a regular council meeting next Tuesday night. So uh, enjoy, I guess, President's Day and uh, mm-hmm. on Monday and uh, we'll be hitting it hard for another meeting Tuesday.
0: Yeah. And Valentine's Day today. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Northfield City Administrator Ben Marting.